along to Scoreline Extra. Shane O'Keefe here to give you a rundown on everything that happened on our weekend Scoreline show. Absolutely jammers weekend from sport today. We'll hear from Niall Carew on his side draw with Wexford in the National Football League. Joe Sheehan gives his updates on Greyhound racing. Carlo Minor manager Alan Roach reviews his side victory against Meath in the Electric Ireland Minor Hurling Championship. We have post-match reaction from Kilkenny's intermediate game with Wexford, as we'll hear from John Scott. Emer Hederman talks the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Paul Cummins discusses the need for a multi-purpose sports facility here in Kilkenny. Davy Jones, of course, talks all things fitness. But one of the biggest games of the weekend was Carlo going up against Kilkenny in the Towns Cup. We're going to hear from both managers. We're going to hear from Le- we're going to hear from representatives from Leinster. It was Carlo versus Kilkenny. Kilkenny came out on top. We're now going to go over to Stephen Byrne and Johnny Tobin as they caught up with James Blanchfield first of all. James, uh, job done. Uh, Kilkenny are on to the semi-finals, 13-8. What do you make of the game? Yeah, I think um, Carlo probably, look, if it was a league game, you'd say Carlo deserved more, but it's it's a cup game. I think we made life very, very difficult on ourselves there. We played some good rugby at the beginning of the second half. Um, Doc went in for his try, but in, 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 in huge credit to Carlo, they came back at us and came back at us. Um, I would take that we're very, very lucky to be in the next round. Very lucky to be in the semi-final. But that's cup rugby. Like I mean, it's not cup rugby is not meant to be pretty. There's Kilkenny squad under the post over that are absolutely delighted to take a one point win or the five point win, whatever it might have been. But you know, just talking to Michael Carby coming across the pitch there, it was your typical cup game. You know, there was you know two teams that went hell for leather, and Johnny said it during the week about the difference between one A and one B, and we said we would see the actual difference between one A and one B today, and we did. Um, I can't figure out how Carlo finished below Wicklow in that league because that's a fantastic Carlo team and you know I should be talking about our own guys now but you have to give credit to Carlo they came down here to play against the 1A team who were coming off the back of a brilliant performance last week to stay in 1A um, and they can't perform and they, 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 they did perform for our own lads we'll have to go away and look at a few bits and pieces I think our lineup was probably certainly going to need some work um, our scrum which has been our Achilles heel all year was excellent and then we conceded a scrum penalty at a crucial part of the game um, I think our attacking play Carlo defended it very very well um, but Jake McDonald was incredible at out half he, he managed our side of the game very well Jake Prattley was good um, Hugh Corkery's kicking when he got his chance to kick a goal was good so look at that's cup rugby and as Michael Carberry said when you play in cup rugby when you're playing well you have to put points on the board and we put points on the board when we got our option, opportunities thankfully for us Carlo didn't so uh, Look at we'll take it. We're in the we're in the next round of the or in the semi final of the cup now, and uh, anything can happen from here, lads. Absolutely, penalty so count was high today, James, as well for both sides. It was very high for both sides, and I kind of feel, in many respects, the referee might have been a little bit harsh at times. Um, but look at the, these referees; they're amateur as well. They're only doing their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game can't go ahead without them. But there was there was a lot of sloppy stuff in around the breakdown. I felt Shane O'Reardon, our our number seven, was probably caught a couple of times harshly caught a couple of times legitimately as well he did manage to make two important turnovers in the first half particularly um, yeah there was a lot of penalties and you know we'll take I think I think, I think think we won three scrum penalties which is hugely unusual for us um, but yeah look at discipline now you're into like suppose you're into a semi-final of a cup um, your discipline needs to be perfect because you know the difference between playing in the final and going home with your tail between your legs could be a kick a goal or a penalty so 
we're going to have to really tighten up a few things and uh, hopefully we can get a few bruises cleaned out. We're into a semi-final now next week and I think the final then is Easter Sunday in Kildara. So um, hopefully hopefully we can get a favourable draw in the, in the semi-final. I don't know what's happening with the... Uh, with the uh, with with the other scores, but uh, look, a credit to both teams on an absolutely cracking game out there. Um, as I said, commiserations to Carlo. Well done to our lads. Um, Carlo probably, if, as I said, if it was a league game, Carlo would have deserved more out of it. But look, at that's cup rugby for you. Yeah, and that's what we all love as well, James. We spoke about it on the podcast. It's great, great crowd out here as well to watch it as well. Fantastic conditions, and is what it's all about as well. That's it. The that's, it. that's what it's all about. Like I mean. I was uh, saying to someone over there, the last time that I saw a crowd like this in Fugstown was, I think it was the 2001 or 2002 AIL round robin playoff. Um, the crowd were brilliant here today and both, both sets of supporters were brilliant. There was one very vocal Carlo man over there with a lovely Yorkshire accent. Um, Crosley. That, that's the man, yeah, Johnny Crossley's father, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, by God, he makes himself heard. And you know, that's what Cup Rugby is about, having characters like that in the sideline and having a crowd of people like we have here. The clubhouse is heaving over there. And after the last two years we've had, guys, it's great to see this. There was no Towns Cup last year. You know, there's actually no Towns Cup for the last two years, if I'm correct. You know, yeah. for the last two seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's you brilliant forget to have that, these back. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Cup was like, Tom Crotty speaks about it frequently when we're chatting on the podcast. Cup Rugby is what everyone wants. Like, it's, there's a different dynamic to Cup Rugby to League. It's The Towns Cup, in my mind, and in a lot of people's minds, is, is the best competition in Ireland period you know because you can see how much it means to people see how much it means to the Carlo crowd coming down here today to yeah. our own crowd here to players like I'm looking at Shane O'Connor coming across the pitch he didn't get a game today but he's loving it you know everyone's loving the kids are here the next generation of both clubs are here shouting and you know role, role models for the next generation was on both wasn't for, for both clubs on the pitches there today yeah and that's exactly what they were role models you hit the nail on the head there like that Carlos side is some excellent role models and no bad blood no nothing really good rugby really solid play absolutely excellent and like that's fantastic that's as good as cup rugby you're going to get um Stephen so like we've had a fella coming over here now who is a real character James Taco characters at Simon Manuel who has won Towns Cups um with Kilkenny uh, and a big influence in Kilkenny Rugby Club um, himself. So he's on the way over to us now. He's probably ringing home to say how the great game went. Yeah, he's on the phone there. But James is dead right. Like, he is. Yeah. The, the Cup Rugby here has been fantastic. See, the crowd here has been brilliant. Um, the crowd's still lingering around there. Players going out shaking hands with family members, friends, everything else. Carlo Lanz having a little bit of a chat in the middle of the park. But uh, look at commiserations to Carlo, but fantastic Kilkenny performance. Um, Just, we'll have a chat with Simon. Yeah, bringing there. Simon in here now yeah, for a chat there. Hello, are you, Simon? Well, John, I have a chat there, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel that went, Simon, for as regards Kilkenny and I suppose Carlo as well? The penalty count a little bit high, but uh, the winners win at the end of the day in Cup Rugby. Yeah, no, it is a typical cup match, you know. It was just the, the, those 50-50 balls were so much important. You know, I think they showed there, you know. So it was just could have gone either way there. Typical cup match. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was the best cup match that you've seen in a long time. Really good crowd here, really good seated supporters. Savage performance by Kilkenny, to be fair. Uh, and, 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 yeah, and really, really good performance by Carlo, but Kilkenny's defence, I think, was the difference. Yeah, no, I think so as well. There's some split moments here. The, 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 some of the tackles were just instant tackles, and they really pushed them back on it. But I think Carlo...
lot of they played really really well. But man, to play for both teams, I had a little bit of a foot in both games. But no, no, great cup, typical cup match. Yeah. And for two lads here in the middle as a total man, I think that was really really solid. I'm really really feel for Carlo. Yeah, they put it, they put everything into it, and they've had an incredible season. But there are a club that are building in the right direction. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. No, no. I'd have a bit of a soft top for Carlo. I, I, I great memories of playing there, and no, no, they put it in a fantastic game. They should be very very proud of themselves. Yeah, and I guarantee that the club president Tom Crotty will be as well. Yeah. Um, but look at Kilkenny and enjoy tonight. Carlo will be sore, but they can be very very proud of themselves and on to the next round for Kilkenny. Yeah, no, and I'm looking forward to the next match onwards from here on in. But uh, Carlo's got a lot to build on. I should be very very happy of himself. Yeah. Thanks for having you, Simon. No Thanks very much. Thanks, Simon. Cheers, Congratulations, Simon Manuel. There talking to to Johnny. We're going to try and grab someone from Carlo here if we. We might move across the field, Stephen, or something. Yeah, we can we'll see, nail see if we can stay in reception. Now, Johnny, there's only one obstacle here, but to try and throw it's the, the fence. over a fence. <laughs> yeah, I think there, there, there might be someone coming back for a bit of gear, maybe, or you might, you might get a call on someone if we can get a, a hand get to Tom Crotty there. I might just give him a buzz there. See yeah, if we can Tom, get Tom. Tom is talking to James Blanchfield over there now at the moment. But uh, yeah, Johnny, that was it. A lot of good stuff in there. For Carlo, you know, to, just to build on because Tom is talking about it all year in the league and everything. Like the young lads in there as well, and if you could just, um, you know, get get a bit more experience. These games will give them that as well. These young, these, these young lads. <laughs> We're getting James Blanchfield uh, to do a bit of running for us. We have the Carlo will be president on his way. Over if if we can't have favours from our podcast buddies, who can we yeah, get them from? Yeah, I know, and it just so <laughs> happens that he's the, the president of Carlo Rugby Club, so he's on his way over yeah, here now. And, and look, uh, I do feel for Tommy, yeah. especially on a personal note, from his from his own young lad being in there. Um, it's great for him, and he's had a good good tenure as as president of Carlo, and he, he leads well, and he's a great representation for Carlo Rugby Club. So I'm, I do uh, I do feel for him, but um, they're they not to be proud of. Anyway. Yeah, because they're not to be proud of. I, yeah, I'd be yeah, smiling absolutely. too. I take a lot from that there. You know, very good young lads there, very very exciting Carlo team, very very exciting Carlo future. So I'd be smiling if I was Tom too. It was um, a really good performance. To be absolutely. Fair. Tom Craddy, Carlo Rugby Club president, joins us here now. Tom, commiserations on the loss. Um, but, you know, your lads can be proud. Is it a good old match put in there as well. And, you know, the score, there wasn't much in the score for a long period of it. That early try by Doc O'Connor in the second half probably just separated out a bit. Yeah, games are won on small margins. And that really, as I say, games are won on small margins. But... Um, you know, I think the, our lads really stood out today. They they gave it one hundred and ten percent from, you know, from the f- first whistle to the final whistle, and was an awful, you know, small little niggly injuries that were there, but they still kept playing on. I thought Kilkenny, very very solid team, <laughs> super defence, really really defence, very hard to break down. Um, but um, like the score says, like we got a good try, yeah. we got a good try in the first half. Um, we played solid. Give away a couple of silly scrum penalties and one or two penalties, but like, I'm so proud of the boys. We've had a wonderful season, a really, really good season for the club. I know it's heartbreak for them. I know we know all know what it's like to lose. You know when you get to that, when you get to this level. But um, as I said during the week, like, you have to win these games to get to the top and to win. You know if you want to win the Towns Cup, you have to beat the best teams. And small, as I say, small margins. We lost by you know break of a ball, bounce yeah. of a ball. You know we. Had Two balls hit the hit the post, so they're the little. Those two balls on, went in, and nothing to do with anything. And that's just it is on the day. Rugby. That's that's why we love sport, and it's an emotional, it's an emotional thing, you know. And um, like the boys are devastated, but I mean, everyone is so so proud of, really so so proud of them. And I just want to thank the support that came down. It's phenomenal. All year it's been really really good, and we just want to um, 
to wish everyone the best the best going forward because I think there's a lot of kids there that are going to be really, really phenomenal rugby players. And, you know, a junior, I said to the, the lads over there that junior rugby is where it's at. You know, senior rugby doesn't have this, doesn't have this heartfelt club club um, game against, you know, team on team, uh, local derbies. And this is as local as you're going to get, Kilkenny, you know. Other than that is Carlo, Tolo, Tolo, Carlo, Kilkenny, Tolo. You know, these, this, little, this little triangle here, <laughs> you know, this little triangle here will go on forever because it's just, it's just that's something you just don't get. You know, at senior at senior level, but we yeah. get it here. And for anyone listening, as that's exactly what it is. There, you can hear the emotion there, and Tom. But like, he's nothing to be ashamed of. There, that was a cracking performance by a cracking young team, and the future is really, really strong for Carlo. And like, they can be prou- very, very proud of themselves. I know at the moment they won't think about that, and they'll be a little bit sore. But that was immense yeah, performance, and they've great representation to your club. And hats off to them. They put in a really 18, good shift. Eighteen out of twenty players are Carlo born and bred, and play the rugby in Carlo. Um, Isaac Daly and Callum Murphy that are, are came out from the college and are so so welcome to the club, and as I said, this we had twelve players under the age of from twenty three and under, so like that's a phenomenal a phenomenally young team, and to play that at that level is just it's just hats off to them and the coaching staff and everybody that helped out. Yeah, and everything in Carlow is going really well at the moment. To be fair, very progressive club, very positive club. The coaching staff and your senior team are very, very good. Uh, it's brilliant to hear that twenty or eighteen out of twenty that squad today are Carlow born. Not too many clubs can say that. I know at the moment we can't say that. Um, but that and that's credit to your youth coaches, your minis coaches, your directors of rugby, your people looking after your system. Like really, really great day for Carlow, in my opinion. I know it's brilliant for Kilkenny, but uh, and hats off to them on the win, but. Uh, that's probably a better day for Carlo now, and they'll learn from that and build on it. I know today it'll be sore, but I think Carlo are moving really well in the right direction. Absolutely, and we hope. Look, it's the same. We we just want we just want all uh, the younger players to come and and look up and have something to play for, you know. And I think they do. And I think it's very important. Like as you say, Kenny have a very good young youth structure. Tolo the same, very good youth structure, and. You know, in time, all of those players will come through. We've just got to keep them in our own clubs and keep them local. You know, it's very hard. I know when they go to college, but we've got to keep them down here. And uh, like, I just want to wish Kilkenny the best of luck. I mean, we want. To, let's uh, hope the southeast stays and keep it into the into the southeast. You know, the towns cup into the southeast. Again. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really, really good about actually, and you, you hit the nail on the head. There's good youth structure in, in, bo- in all three clubs and everything else. But there's really good friendship here and really good camaraderie here between three clubs. Um, like. I don't know. I don't think you're going to get a good as Towns Cup game as that. Um, the brand of rugby bo- all three clubs are playing and both clubs today played is attractive enough for the young lads to stay here so they're not looking to go to Dublin anymore. They don't need to go to Dublin anymore. The rugby that you're playing at the moment, Tom, and you, James, is attractive enough to keep your young lads here. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can see the rugby that both teams wanted to play out there today. Both teams wanted to play rugby. Like, I mean, I was telling our lads all week, Carlo have two exceptional centres, two exceptional wingers. They look to play rugby, you know, and we want to play rugby. And if you couldn't play entertaining rugby on a day like today, you know, um, you, you could never play it. But you're right in what you're saying, Johnny. There is a great, there's great camaraderie between Kenny Tullow and Carlo. Um, you know, and I suppose the, the 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 old podcast has kind of improved it as well a little bit. You know, uh, you know, the, the Carlo lads aren't as bad as I thought they were. You know, no comment. <laughs> no, the County Carlo lads, Johnny, aren't yeah, as bad yeah. as that. I know, it's County Carlo and County Tolo. <laughs> right. No, but look, look, I mean, we can... I don't want to be patronising the Carlo and say that uh, they were great and they were this, that and the other, but they were. They, you know, they deserved... Us. They, they they played incredible rugby. and I, Our lads said it over there, the Carlo were playing 
they're playing beyond themselves today. And I said, no, they're not. I said, I was up watching them against Longford four weeks ago. That's Carlo. That's how they play ball, you know. And, um, you know, credit to Corey and, and, and Jeff and as Tom said there, the coaching team and Carlo. You know, they brought him on and Stevie Ashmore before. And it's a process and it's a cycle to stay improving clubs. And, you know, what you're doing today could be obsolete tomorrow. So it's continuously improving. Dave Matthews spoke about it in his match notes to our club president about kind of regardless of today's win, that we'll all go back to our clubs. We'll stay working for our clubs and we'll stay striving to continuously improve what we're doing in our clubs. Because, you know, we're the only rugby club in Kilkenny. There's two rugby clubs in Carlow. You know, but we are still very popular sports. And uh, we always have to do our bit to keep the game alive, keep the young fellas coming in, young girls coming in and playing it and making sure we're getting numbers up to play what was an, ex- an exceptional standard of rugby today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, little did we know, um, we didn't realise we had a live podcast there for the last uh, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes or so. The f- first time the four of us have been in person, I think, since <laughs> COVID and all that stopped. Absolutely. Have you a couple of results there, James? Results, yes. Yeah. So, um, Gorey, Dundalk, it's 21 all. It's gone to extra time. Dundalk have just scored a try there, so it's 26 21. Ashbourne beat a tie, 34 points to 13. And uh, Mullingar beat Clondalk in 23 14. So, in the pot for the semi final is Kilkenny, Ashbourne, Mullingar, and the winners of Dundalk and Gorey. Grand, and we'll bring you that draw here live at about 20 past five, give or take, from the clubhouse here in Fookstown. Well, we're afraid we're going to have to wrap it up there. Kilkenny are through to the semi-final of the Provincial Towns Cup. They've beaten Carlow today, 13 points to eight. Fantastic match, fantastic additions here today. My thanks to Johnny Tobin on co-commentary, uh, Tom Cruddy for talking to us as well, James Blanchfield and Simon Manuel as well. And Johnny, just before we go. Yeah, just an update there. Tullo uh, beat Nays 47-43. So I'd say both teams were uh, very good in attack and maybe a little bit weaker in defence with a 90-point game. But uh, it's a win for us and we're into the next round to replay it. So uh, big shout to Morris and the lads there. Absolutely. Congratulations uh, to Tullo uh, today in the Provincial Towns Plate. That's it, uh, lads. We'll hand it back to you and we'll be back over later, of course, for the draw and see who Kilkenny will face in the next round or the semi-final of the Provincial Towns Cup. It's over and out from Fookstown. David O'Connor, Doc, Kilkenny uh, player, coach, legend, we've spoken to you many times over the years. Um, Towns Cup rugby, 16 degrees, small breeze, it's like the middle of the summer here today. Um, your neighbours, Carlo, down as well. A tough enough foul game. Um, it was your try early in the second half, I think, was the big difference in the end. <laughs> yeah, look, it was different level in terms of physicality. Um, I guess that's Cope Rugby, you know, like Carlo might be a division below us, but we were never taking anything for granted. We know how physical they are and if if the score was the other way around, no one would question that. You know, they're they're, they're a really good team, they're a young team. Um, we've seven days to recover now. Hopefully there's not too many bangs, but um, yeah, look, delighted. It's quarterfinal. Uh, we'll take a 3-0 win in the quarterfinal. So um, yeah, over the moon to be in the semi-final, but... Carlo can hold her head up high. Um, I thought they were exceptional today, and not a bounce to the ball. They could have been in for a try to win the game, and no one would have, no one would have begrudged them that. Absolutely, it's been a, the season, a strange old season as well, because we're all only coming back from COVID. We haven't had Towns Cup for two years. The leagues have been all over the place with fixtures and COVIDs and everything. It was hard to get a bit of momentum this year, wasn't it? And um, with everything going on, so you, you just have to sort of. Uh, take us in front of you a Towns Cup semi-final is you know happy days regardless of what happened in the league you're in 1A yeah. for next year that's done that's in the can but like there's a real chance for silverware this year 
Um, yeah, look, like to be honest, I know this is quarter final and only our second match in the cup. But we've been playing cup rugby for about five weeks now. You know, if we lost one of the last five games, we're out of Division One A or into Division One B. So we're treating everything like a cup final. Um, so full focus is on Dundalk um, next week. Um, yeah, of course we, we we have ambitions. We do want to win silverware, but uh, Dundalk. The last time we played them, we drew a match up there. I think they have a few bodies back. It's going to be a real, real challenge. Uh, I think it's up in Mace, is it? I, I, I think it's quite... confirmed in the morning. Yeah. Okay, confirmed in the morning. Um, but yeah, look, uh, <laughs> I really don't know what to say after today. To be honest, um, it was it was a it was a tough match, but like we have to have one eye on a cup as well as one eye on, on, Dundalk, on Dundalk. That's for sure. Listen, congratulations. Best of luck next weekend against Dundalk. Get the bodies right any end. And best of luck. Yeah, cheers. Thanks so much. Cheers, man. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. Just introduce yourself. Uh, Corey Cardi, Carlo head coach. Corey, commiserations on today. Um, Beautiful conditions, Towns Cup rugby, we all love it. Uh, Town, great condition and all here today as well. Your lads played really well. I suppose that try early in the second half by Kilkenny um, is probably the, the difference at the end of it obviously but I spoke to David O'Connor there from Kilkenny a few moments ago and he said if the score was reversed at the end of the match he says no one would have batted an eyelid it was that type of a game yeah we we spoke before the game about, um, about moments a game is just a series of moments and events and if we have better moments than the other team we're going to, we're going to come out on top so the, the big thing for us today was to stay in the moment constantly and I think just after half time we didn't stay in the moment Kilkenny got that go forward ball and, and fair play to them it was a good try it was a really good finish um, and I really do hope them the best going into the next round as well Absolutely um, Kilkenny up against Sundalk next weekend of course and uh, they, they, they know what to expect there as well um, they've played them a few times before but your own lads today um, a lot of great movement on the ball as well and very dangerous when you've got an attack going um, as well you obviously got a try there by young Crotty uh, in the first half as well but when you move that ball quick and it's stuck you know he's quite dangerous you've got a good mix of young lads there and good attack and play as well um, and of course you've the Wes Shirley's of the world and that and a lot of experience there too there's a lot of positive uh, things to take from that performance today and the team in general over the year yeah massive like when you have a 19 year old 10 and a 19 year old tight head playing a Towns Cup quarter final and then you have the experience of, say, a Richard White and a Wes Shirley there to back those lads up. So when, when the pressure comes on and they're like, geez, what am I doing here? They can look to these lads and go, well, actually, you know, I just stick with him now and I'll get through it. Like, But I think the sky's the limit now for Carlo going forward. With, with the crew that's coming through and the players at our disposal, like Friday night, we had 49 lads of training. Genuinely didn't, genuinely didn't know what to do with the amount of lads there, you know? We had the J1s, J2s and J3s, so... Um, it's a really, really positive environment, but I suppose to go back to uh, the way we're playing, we want to play a, a good brand of rugby, an expansive brand of rugby. So when someone does come out to Car Rugby Club, they go, "Well, actually, this is enjoyable rugby. Like, I want to come and play this week in, week out." You know, I think we have the players to use that and play it, and they're only going to get better with time as well. Absolutely. And your squad as well is—they're nearly all Carlo young lads as well. What eighteen out of? 
Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with fellas that come in from the IT or whatever else like that. They're always welcome, of course, but it's great that they're coming from your own younger ranks and coming up through. And that's obviously going to create a little conveyor belt there as well that young lads coming in and go, well, you know, if I stick at it, you know, I'll be on that J1 team someday. Yeah, like I think nearly every game this year we've had at least 18 players from Carlow Rugby Club. Now, there's a few adopted players, like I think of like Isaac Daly there who would have went to Carlow IT but he's probably playing for Carlow now six, seven years now so is he a blowing? I don't think he is anymore you know and I think the likes to say Callum Murphy as well I think this is this is his third year here going on four you know these lads they're not just coming in from the college and thinking they're going to play J1 rugby because they're not um, the college lads that we do are probably playing J2 rugby and that's nothing to do with the standard rugby they are because they are very good players but it's the competition for places that we have you know um, but like I think the big one is Kilkenny College like a lot of kids play mini rugby with Cardo they go off to Kilkenny College and they're like right well I'm going to college in UL Cardo IT you know and they go well actually you know what I can come back and play for Cardo you know so that's, that's the aim of course um, so your season probably that's pretty much it then is it Jay Trees still yeah, the goal. Jay yeah, Steve's rocking on. Yeah. yeah, it was a funny one. We we for the whole, I suppose, cup campaign. It's always been we want to be training on Tuesday. We want to be training on Tuesday. It, it is. It hasn't been. We want to get to a final. We want to get to the semi final. It's like we just want to come back to train on Tuesday. You know. So unfortunately, there won't be training this Tuesday. But um, look. That's the way it goes. Yeah, looking down and get ready for next season, I suppose, and enjoy the bit of J3 crack in the meantime. Yeah, thanks very much, David. Corey, thanks a million. I appreciate thanks that. Thanks very much. No matters. Uh, Dermot O'Mahony, Fixtures Administrator in Leinster Rugby. Dermot, just the finish of Kilkenny Carlo, you know, the, I suppose divisions separate both teams, but we love it, it's a local derby. Uh, commiserations of Carlo, of course, Kilkenny march on, and uh, they've pulled Dundalk in the draw. Yeah, and, and uh, the two of them had a, a battle royal to, uh, in, uh, to avoid relegation, Kilkenny coming out on top, so uh, that will certainly uh, bring back memories of the run into the, the league season. Uh, yeah, certainly a juicy uh, tie, mouth-watering, definitely looking forward to that. We spoke about it and we speak about it all the time on our uh, podcast, Towns Cup Rugby. We absolutely love it down here. The magic, there's always a bit of magic around it as well. And anything can happen, these two teams today. Like, you know, only for that early try, I suppose, in the second half by Kilkenny, that game was sort of wide open. Yeah, and, and uh, Carlo had tremendous pressure in the first yeah. half. They had great possession. Uh, that, that, that second quarter, they mounted a, a charge or a siege on the on the Kilkenny line unfortunately they couldn't score had they scored then I think it would have been some game uh, it was a great game as it was very enjoyable for the neutral uh, and congrats to Kilkenny for coming out on top and commiserations to Carlo so two semi-finals now there next weekend what's the details on those? well we don't know the venues yet we'll have them announced by the morning but uh, Ashburn and Mullingar uh, are in this, in one semi-final and obviously Dundalk Kilkenny uh, the other semi-final and then the final is in three weeks time Easter Sunday on the 17th of April in Kildara. 
Yeah, can you make it to that of memories of playing Enniscordy, I think, 2016, 2017, right, yeah. 2016, I think it was, uh, up in Kildare. I remember that. Kenny weren't happy coming away from that one. It's probably one they should have won, but we'll see what happens next weekend. for Enniscordy, if I recall. Yeah, I know. I was. I remember it. we covered it. It was, it was heartbreaking for them, but we have to get over Dundalk first. Uh, Des Kavna is here with us. I hear a few, President Des. You're Carlo man as well. The lads are disappointed, but it's a young team. There's plenty of promise in that team in there for Carlo. There's a lot of good things this year, third in the league, and you know they got beaten by a big Kilkenny side here today. Yeah, I think it was a great game for a start. Uh, Towns Cup on a sunny day, what could be better? And a local battle between Kilkenny and Carlo. And you're right, Kilkenny were a bigger, stronger side. But I'm very proud of Carlo. And 18 of the panel are home-based. There were youth players came through the youth section. So I think, the, and, and, the, and their young side, so I think there's a lot of pride going home tonight from Kilkenny, and I'd say everyone in Carlow will wish Kilkenny the best in, in, the, in the semi-final and final, hopefully. Absolutely. We've a great little triangle here locally with Kilkenny, Tullow and Carlow, and they're always crackers of matches. Carlow, Tullow is always a zinger, whether it's Oak Park or, or the Black Gates, and the same Carlow or against Kilkenny here as well it's brilliant the three local sides so close together they, you know great rivalries but the, great respect I know the huge rivalries and, and uh, your bragging, bragging rights are huge among the, among, the, among the clubs involved but when, it, when you add in the factor of it being a Towns Cup something special the Towns Cup is so special to Leinster Junior Rugby one of the premier competitions in Ireland and we're also very proud to be part of it and uh, yeah I mean Today was a great day. It was a great day for rugby. High quality game. Well refereed. Uh, I think we saw one injury, but hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, so look, a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. Des, thanks for talking to us. I get you to introduce yourself. Uh, John Walsh, president of Leinster Rugby for two seasons now. Uh, so tough times, but uh, delighted that we're back where we belong, out on the pitch. Uh, two seasons without a Towns Cup final. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And it's a great tournament. I know from personal experience, I was down here in Kilkenny in 1995 as pre- president of NACE, and it was the first time we'd won our Towns Cup. And it was a momentous occasion. It gave great impetus uh, to the club. And uh, thankfully, it encourages everyone else to, you know, to have a go. And I must say, it was a great game here today, great passion between the two sides. Uh, Kilkenny, obviously, with a Ballyhale man, uh, sort of slightly favoured them but I won't say that in front of Cadez Kavanagh in case he gives me the sick uh, the, the red card I'd say but I'm delighted for Kilkenny and it's a long while since they were in a final now they have to jump the semi-final fence first of all uh, but I think they're a good side and then probably put it up they've sort of recovered from their league form was fairly average and thankfully they've sort of shown themselves to be a good cup side they took their chances well here today so I think they did well I must say as well I think the Ashbourne is a, again a side that had a very rough Leinster League campaign they were looked in the relegation zone for a while they've come out of that and they're playing some very good rugby at the moment and again Ashbourne the last won the cup in 2014 uh, they're a good cup side they've, plenty, they've won plenty of the All-Ireland Junior Cup competitions as well so all four sides now have won a Towns Cup but they'll be all wanting to win another one you know, that's the one thing about it you know it's such a coveted trophy the Towns Cup it, it's great for a, a junior cup that it has that magic and that huge interest and it's just it's, it's different it's, you know um, 
leagues are leagues, but it, everything changes when the Towns Cup comes around. And we spoke about it on our podcast that anyone who wins the Towns Cup, the players almost become immortalised. You, you know, Tulla won it in what, 2017, I think it was, the beat Scaries. And the fellas that play there, they'll be talked about in the club and there's pictures on the wall for years to come, you know, whether to win it again or not. I, I think it's the equivalent of a Heineken Cup medal for a, a junior player. And I mean no respect by calling him a junior player. They're, they're, they give great commitment to their clubs. And when they get one of those medals, my God, it's gold. It may be silver, but my God, it's gold to them, you know. And it, you, you, I mean, I, I, in my travels now, I've come across those medals being shown to me from the 1947s, the 1950s and things like that. Like that and this means so much to the families as well you know generations of Leinster men have wanted one very few have them though <laughs> long may it continue as well John it's great talking to you today and talk to you again soon thanks lads thanks lads okay thank you yeah just an unreal day there for our local rugby coverage we're delighted to be able to bring it to you hopefully there will be many more to come we'll switch our attention now to GAA in particular Carlo Football Niall Carood, Carlo Drew with Wexford in the National Football League here's what he had to say after Niall uh, a good day at the office I suppose a draw was probably a fair result you could have won it and uh, you could have lost it but I think from looking at what I've seen out there today and if you're thinking the way I am you're very happy and happy positive that was a fairly good seat performance by Carlo and a lot of football played Absolutely Brendan and you know we're blooding players in this league I suppose, you know, maybe eight, nine lads uh, that are getting full games. You know, you'd like to Shane Buggy and Dara Curran and you've seen Liam Brennan, um, Niall Hickey. Like, there's four lads after getting an awful lot of game time. Uh, and that's massive uh, to play a full National League campaign and make a difference. Uh, and they're all under 21, like, so that's massive for us. Uh, and then you have Kuba and Goals, obviously. There's five. That's a third-year team, which is unheard of. And I'd say we're probably the only... Intercounty football team to blood five lads under 21 uh, all during the National League um, so that's heartwarming and to get a result then against an experienced team like we were in full control and we gave away a goal looked like we were going to lose and we came back from that Great second half start Absolutely yeah and we looked in full control and um, you know, the only way Wexford were going to get back into it is to got the goal and they did probably lapse of concentration to cost us um, but yeah a few handling errors probably cost us overall uh, but other than that we're very happy with the performance and um, you know these lads are getting better and better uh, like Jordan Morris is getting better and better uh, even though he, he might be a household name in Carlow but for me he's getting better and he's only a young lad still uh, the same with um, the rest of the boys like Conor Crowley and and Hulton and these lads, you know, to really um, come to the fore, and they're going to get better and better uh, as the years go on. And like getting Ross Dunphy back on as well, I probably played him in position in midfield. You need Ross inside, really. Um, but um, you know, I, I think getting him back, getting minutes on the clock for him into the legs is good. But um, I'd be very happy with that performance. It was a real gutsy, as you said, Brendan. Um, you can't take that away from them. And uh, overall, um, I think we were very, very competitive in this league. I know the table won't suggest that. Um, we were unlucky in some matches. Yeah, very unlucky. And the only game that we didn't compete in was Sligo. That's because we were nine players down. So overall, um, very happy with them. They'll take a week off now. And uh, we'll try and hit the ground running. We have two challenge games coming up. One against Down and one against Leash uh, before we play Leash. In the championship. That's not too far away. No, no, it's only down. It's only a couple of weeks down it's the road. It's in Navan, I understand. It's in Navan in four weeks' time, just there four weeks. So oh, yeah. it's the 20, 
third, so yeah. maybe five weeks. So a week off now for the lads and then back we'll on Tuesday week? Back Tuesday week, just give them, uh, I suppose, uh, it's called a download week, Brandon, so what they'll do is they can just, all the aches and pains and knocks and just let their bodies relax for that week. So very important to take that week off and then hit the ground running then Tuesday week for us. Uh, Lout will be difficult enough to go on well, but in fairness, you have been competitive in Division 4 and I read a great article during the week and I know I'm covering Carlow matches 26 years, 27. It's probably the toughest of all divisions. You as a Kildare man is looking, yeah. Kildare can be relegated to Division That's 1 tomorrow true. and can get to a league final. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's mad. And like we were playing two provincial champions like Tipperary and Cavan uh, in this league as well, which is unheard of. So yeah. probably Division 4 is probably the toughest league it ever was. Um, but uh, I'd just be very proud of the players, the way they're coming in week in week out to know that we're only building foundations at the moment and there's going to be setbacks there's going to be two steps forward and three steps back and but we know we're getting there uh, and like uh, Dara Foley's the Maclet captain always shows great leadership Dara O'Brien like we're moving him around in every position because he's that experience and doesn't say a word he's doing it for Carlo um, Owen Root coming back at a mighty game there uh, playing at centre back you know the Bambricks are getting better Who played very well today yeah. and young Brennan played very well oh, Liam Brennan unbelievable midfield and like his first real start for league come on against Cavan did very well as well didn't look like a starter did he no and uh, settled in very well in, in the beginning in fairness to him um, Liam was very raw when we brought him in but it just shows you when you get football at a higher level he'll just get better and better and he wants it um, but look I'd be very happy with our league campaign uh, the only one I'd say we didn't compete as I said earlier was the Sligo game but uh, like to blood five or six lads in nearly every league game um, is f- like that, that's only good for Carlow football under 20s are going well as well and we'll take in two or three of them when they're finished their campaign and let's hope that's a long campaign um, but we'll take in two or three of them just to strengthen up the panel as well but I'd leave them alone for now um, and let them concentrate on their own and um, yeah looking forward to the championship now four weeks time louder division two team um, to, you know, they'll go up tomorrow uh, but that's good for us. I like playing against better opposition because it tells you where you're at and where you need to improve. So, yeah, look, I think it's all systems go and uh, just can't wait to get trained again Tuesday week. Looking at championship matches, I always said on commentary, he was a great friend of mine in Killer, the late great Dermot Early. He was always of the belief, Dermot, God be good to him, that to win a championship match in Leinster, you had to score 17, probably 18 points. You now have to guide this Carlo team. Probably 21-22 won't be enough to beat Loud. So now you've got to get this ball in, get it over the bar, get the shooters in the right positions. It was hard to do that today, but you as an experienced uh, banished door know that, Niall, that uh, 17 is probably not going to be good enough against Loud. So, you know, you're going to have to get your scores. Absolutely. And we missed probably clear-cut goal today. Yeah. And Darrow was the first to say to me after the game. But in fairness, I thought it was a foot block. Um, but I'm always complaining. <laughs> you always are yeah, complaining, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're always looking for the extra inch. You had a good referee today. Yeah. He was very good yeah no the officials were very good today you couldn't complain um, yeah like Darren Bryan probably missed too but that's because I had him wing back up to this before so he's only been moved up front so obviously the eye wasn't you're hardly moving back after missing the two to corner back will you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well he'd be on anyway but well, he showed his experience when he did get the opportunity he took a great score ah, he did yeah no he's an excellent player and he, he's just such a team player that people don't see the amount of work he does very very intelligent the way he links play uh, from defensive attack and then the looping and shooting he's excellent as well but yeah look we, we're getting there um, and I'm just I'm delighted they got a result today and they're disappointed they didn't get to yeah, win Brendan they played very well yeah but they did play well and, and look 
they left everything out there and, and we're going to get better and better as the years go on well, we look forward to Navan in four weeks time it's always a great day for Carla people let's hope we get a run like we did a few years ago on Ireland uh, commiserations are not having the best of leagues but in fairness I know the passion you show and I know the effort the lads put in and I think for Carla supporters to have to understand there's transition here and I think you've explained all that with all the new guys coming in and in fairness every day you went out you gave it 100% you won't always win you lose more in life than you, than you win but in fairness you left nothing out there and uh, well done no thanks and thanks for all the support for CKR I mean it's unbelievable and you're always very positive because you know your football and it's, it's, it's encouraging for us to have I suppose experienced men in the commentary box because you let the people know the truth and, uh, and <laughs> I hope we do I know you do and, and it's, uh, it's positive because that feeds right back into the camp uh, and I, I appreciate that no and I mean that and I'd like to thank you for that support because we need that we need everyone pushed into one direction we'll be in Navan and uh, maybe if Kildare come in Division 1 you'll get a few lads from Kildare to come up and shout for Carlo that day as well and the will of course ok good man Niall thanks, thanks very Brandon. much thank, thank you. you good man thanks Brent appreciate that Since we were talking about Carlo, we may as well stay with Carlo. Alan Roach here reviews his side's victory against Meath in the Minor Hurling Championship. Yes, and they were in a very, very good position there. The white flag gone up, another plank gone over the bar for the Carlo men. And the lead Meath now, and we're coming into the last final seconds, the lead Meath by 4.17 for Carlo, one fell for uh, the Meath men. Carlo completely dominated the second half with some superb hurling from him all the way through, plus some great saves from Joe Birmingham in the goal. But to come out, they were leading by three points at half time, even though Mead maybe have dominated the early stages of the opening half. They led by from time to time, but Carlo never let him get two points ahead. There was only a point in the Zanny stage. And there's the final whistle. It's all over here in them. Um, it's all over here in Park Hulch in Navin. Carlo March on in the Lent in the Electric Minor um, Minor Hurling Championship. It's Carlo four goals and 17 points. Uh, Mead one goal and 12 points. And just coming down here to me now is a very happy man. It has to be Alan Roach, the Carlo manager, shaking hands all around. Alan, your heart is still racing after that. Uh, are you able to talk even? Aye. Barely, Tommy. Like, uh... We were coming up here today. We knew that what the challenge was ahead was coming up to Mead, like tough for us to stay in there. As we, as we, as we say in Caroline, our our little family, our bunch, to stay in the A side of this competition. We had to come up today and give a performance. And by God, did my by God, did these Caroline men stand up today? Thank God. Well, I didn't want to say, Alan, one thing. I've seen a lot of minor teams. That same. Don't mean in that sense, seen a lot of great men in the Carlo, but that's surely one a superb bunch. That was a magnificent championship display. It, it was, yes, like where we keep just instilling them, instilling them, instilling them. Just do, do what they're doing every day of the week at home and at school with their clubs. They're just a fine bunch of men, and I, I, I'm a, it's an honour to be the manager of the minor team. Well, in fairness, in fairness, Alan, when you bring it down to the five points, you have one great tactic going for you and the lads here today they ran at me they went at me they attacked and that was the big difference in this game it was like we, we looked at it during the last two weeks since we played Derry these mean men like they're big men and we kind of lost to be a kind of a football so I said they probably run the ball and I said why don't we try and run the ball at him and see what, how we're done and listen it worked today thank God there's the scoreboard and all the team and the sub that command was magnificent I'm not going to name it but there's only one man Joe Birmingham was outstanding in goal as well what, what can you say about Joe but like Joe's unbelievable but I'd like to thank uh, King Campion and Sean Tracy they're the men that are pushing Joe to keep that jersey and if they weren't pushing 
Sean and Keane weren't pushing Joe like they should be honest, but they are pushing Joe, and that's why Joe's playing so well because he's looking at the two boys that are on the line that can't get the jersey. And thank God, the three goal, great goalkeepers we have. And there was one amusing part here that I have to say, Brendan and uh, Eddie, if you can hear me back at the studio. The, uh, uh, Alan was so engrossed, getting very much engrossed. You uh, upset the meat manager there for a while, Alan. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean I was on the other side, but listen. Um, it was just it's just in the heat of the battle and we're, I'm after talking to Jared there now and I'll go down and have a few words with him after this but listen it's all I know it's, it's now we're it's once across the white line it's, it's a different story and thank God enough is enough now and we've got the job done and to all the to all the parents that travelled here today and the supporters great support great shouting from all the Carlo the final score of Carlo 417 um, Mead 112 and now the Mead um, down in Abbottstown this day fortnight Alan isn't that correct that's correct yeah. so, uh, yes so thank God yes we have a, a week off now uh, for, with the, there was supposed to be football but the Carabies are only in a group of three so yeah so we're out, out now this day two weeks uh, against uh, Down so we'll do our homework now for the next two weeks for recuperation you know we'll try and get this Mr Covid out of camp and everything else out for the next two weeks yeah get the Covid out but apart from that Alan to come here today and to take on me and we could see from the word go they were well primed at some victory it's a great fixture. Like uh, when I'm over teams, like it was, it was in Kilkenny or Carlo, I just we have to start quick, you know. And we didn't start quick enough against Antrim, and Antrim done the damage, and we started quick enough the last two days, and the result speaks for itself. And just as the Carlo lads are walking off by us here in under the stand, there's a great reception from all the Carlo from the parents of the players there. I see him there, magnificent. It's the best way to say. I just say, Alan, to you and the management team, and to all the lads, well done, mighty stuff. You'll sleep happy this weekend. I, I will anyway, so I'll go home now and I'll get the, old, the wife to get the Mother's Day tomorrow and to Lisa and myself, the two girls will bring her off. And you, you, you stay out of trouble. Like. Yeah, once, that's once, that was the plan. So I want to look after her tomorrow. Everything else, once, once Lisa will be happy tomorrow. That's the main thing. And to all the management and to the Carlo team, well done and a wonderful week. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks very much. And that's the way it finished here, Brian or, or um, Brendan. A 417 for the Carlo men, fully deserving of the 417, one felt for the Mead men, and Carlo moves on to play down in the next round of the Leinster Championship. Wexford got the better of Kilkenny in intermediate Komogi action. Here's what manager John Scott had to say. John, disappointing day here in Lynn Burntown. Uh, I suppose an easy win for Wexford at the end, but your overall view of the game here today? Uh, yeah, look, at the first five or ten minutes we were thought we were going to be better to get, but I think the girls, their work rate, I think, as I, I can't fault any of them, their work rate was excellent during the first half and even in the second half. Just look, Wexford, they're a senior club, a senior intermediate team, so they should be looking to be beating us, but I think now we put in a fair old effort like over the, the, the 60 minutes. like. We thought as well on commentary that Wexford were playing superb stuff in the first half, but you went in at two points down at half-time, which was a great effort to the girls. You know, maybe we could have got a couple of more scores here or there, but your thoughts at half-time then only going two points down? Yeah, with two points down at half-time, we thought that we were in the running like, for the game, believe it or not, and I think myself just keep on going back to it. I think their work rate was superb in the first half, and it was a... It was great to see the girls like, turn around because we could have been bet out the gate after the first 10 minutes. But by, by half time, as you said, we're only two points down, all to play for. 
you alluded to it though the fact that Wexford they are I suppose a Division 1 team like playing in Division 2 the the speeds that they done things with John like you could show that there was a small bit of difference that was there between the two teams you ran out of steam in the second half um, they just kind of went to town on us a small little bit although oh, the girls kept fighting and they got their just rewards with the goal there at the end as well they did yeah yeah and, all, and they did keep on fighting and uh, look and as you say they are an in uh, Division One team playing in Division Two hopefully they will win it and they'll come over it um, but look I think our girls they fought for everything you could not fault any of the girls that went on or even started like they were absolutely excellent like I thought now myself so Alon Anya alluded to it as well during commentary that the Wexford team themselves might have been playing with one another for years and they knew exactly where players were going ever before a ball landed there whereas you're slightly different because players chop and change going to seniors and some have retired and some hasn't come back so really this year you kind of haven't had a settled team as such compared to what you had in the All-Ireland last year No, no and we have been and even during the league, as I said, even on the podcast, like we have been, I think we've gone through, uh, after today, I know we think we've gone through 28 players that are on the panel, which is a great turnover for players to get in the game time as well in the league. And who better to play against only Division 1 team? Well, you certainly want to be there. It just goes to show where we kind of need to be trying to get up to that standard as well. But it's good preparation going into the Leinster Championship now, which begins in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, and as I even said it as well, it's on the podcast the other day, that you want to be playing against the best teams in the division like so it's a great boost for us as well to get there and to play against actually great division one teams and it's no it is great to see it like and it will do us hopefully all the better for the championship coming up well, we know what happened last year in the quarterfinal, albeit not the same today, but it certainly sported year start as well for championship. Can the same thing happen this year? Oh, yeah, hopefully, anyway. Yeah, this is probably just the start of it now, so hopefully we get ready now for the Leinster Championship, and when Championship comes, we'll be really ready for it, like you know. Perfect. Well, thanks and best of luck in the Leinster Championship, John. All right, Martin, thank you. Josh Ian now joins us, giving us an update on all things Greyhound. We love a bit of Joe here on Scoreline. Well, we had scenes last night in our local Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, not seen for a long, long time. An amazing, phenomenal scenes. Great to witness with the victory of Zoom in the wonderful Ballymac Antonet Stud McCallum Cup A1 final, taking home €5,000 whopping prize money for his connections. Of course, the local Conaghy and Murtlahi, his wonderful trainer, and the Club of Champions Syndicate, who felt like brought half the country to the track last night. They had a phenomenal crowd, hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds of them. Wonderful to see, of course, led by Gavin O'Mahony, a sponsor at our local track. Wonderful to see his syndicate do so well. Of course, he comes from Ardfinnan, and it felt like half the town of Ardfinnan was there last night to support him on. So wonderful to see Zoom, Zoom by name, Zoom by nature, zoomed out of traps, hit the lids, and it was all over from the get-go at a price of 9 to 4 in a wonderful time of 28.60. Zoom has been a very, very exciting greyhound from the drop of the flag, really, since he began his career in the Juvenile Classic in 2021 last year. He's competed at the highest level. And this is a very worthy victory here in this year's McCalmont Cup. Well done to the Club of Champions Syndicate, Mert Lahey and all his team. Zoom bringing home the honours and of course the McCallum Cup it's a wonderful competition we've been looking forward to it since the beginning of the year really counting down the day so it came to an end last night back in second was Cool Angle Lady who ran a fantastic race to finish second for owner trainer 
Michael Lowry. So well done to him and also Flame and Money Bags. Back in third, taking home a thousand euro for all connections. So well done to all of our finalists last night in this year's. It's been a cracking renewal year in year out. This McCalmont Cup, of course, sponsored by Ballymac Anton at Stud. This McCalmont Cup has produced cracking cracking champions year in year out and has a very very proud heritage here in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium in our local track and the scenes last night I guess this group of the Club of Champions Syndicate they hadn't had a chance to be all together since pre-COVID times so almost over two years so to see all them syndicate members dozens upon dozens hundreds of people there supporting Zoom last night it was wonderful to see that victory last night so well done to them and great to see Greyhound Racing is back with a bang in post-COVID restrictions time elsewhere. Our novice unraced final went to Hello Speedy, another greyhound well-named Speedy by name, Speedy by nature, and the Ballymac best that stood novice unraced on a nice clock of 29.56. Only by a short head, though. Back to Teapot Annie back in second. And Scotch Rath Blake back in third. The winner, a price of four to six favourite. And, of course, Hello Speedy. Well, punters certainly really fancied this fella. And the money came for him last night. So well done. Great to see the betting ring was a hive of activity too in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night. Elsewhere, we have tonight starting the richest puppy race in the world down in Limerick. The Con and Anne Kirby Memorial 78 Greyhounds descend on Limerick vying to win €150,000 prize money. It's a whopping prize fund, folks, and plenty of local interest. 78 Greyhounds tonight and there is 13 heats, so so many heats to go through, but perhaps some of the more favoured locally connected greyhounds, certainly in the first race. Kilgraney Sydney runs for the Buggy family, winner last time out in 28.32. He looks a very, very exciting prospect, this Kilgraney Sydney, and certainly has a big, big chance. That's where Moon Kine Trainer has a number of of runners in tonight's Conan and Kirby Memorial always tackles his competition year in year out the likes of Emily's Jet who runs in trap one in the third race sure to give a good account of herself Martelahi also has another number of runners tonight in Limerick for this year's Conan and Kirby Memorial and owned by Gavin O'Mahony who led the syndicate that won last night Stories Archie runs for these connections who won last time out in 28 87 runs from trap six in the third race and sure to give a very very strong account of itself epic boy runs for the kennedy family whose father john comes from erlingford of course so best to look to them with their charge tonight it's a very very exciting conan and kirby year in year out this competition as, as i said which is the richest puppy race in the world provides the best the cream of the crop in limerick ground stadium so best to look to all local competitors tonight paul hennessy also has an, a runner with a priceless king running from trap three in the 90s so best of luck to all of them there's so many locally connected grounds it's hard to mention them all but perhaps some of them are certainly our highlights and best of luck to all of our locally connected grounds in limerick and also droopy's nice one runs for myrtle 28 30 winner in clamel runs from trap one in the lucky last race the 13th heat and sure to give a good account of herself droopy's nice one best of luck to all are looking connected greyhounds in Limerick Greyhound Stadium tonight. Elsewhere in Shelburne, there's so much happening in the greyhound racing world, folks. It's really hard to keep up with it, but we're going to do our best and hopefully to give you a few tips in the meantime. Elsewhere tonight in Shelburne Park, we have the first round of the Open 600, and this is a cracking competition that produces 
some very exciting racing year in, year out as well. In trap one in the first race, locally connected, Kilkenny Sente, owned by Brian Hickey of County Kilkenny. So very, very best of luck to him. It's a very, very hard to go a long way in this competition. The Open 600, it's a stairs race. Greyhounds who are kicking home really, really strong. And it's cracking action over this kind of distance. Paul Hennessy has a big, big say with Beach Avenue, who was second in the Easter Cup final recently and also second in the Easter Cup final last year. So he's a cracking greyhound. He's very, very consistent. He's been spoken of on the show many, many times. And best of luck to Beach Avenue and Paul Hennessy, who run in tonight's Open 600 in Shelburne Park. Hello, Hammond also runs for Paul Hennessy in Trap 4 in the fourth heat of the Open 600. So a lot's happening, folks. We have the Conan and Kirby Memorial in Limerick. We have the Open 600 in Shelburne and elsewhere. In Kilkenny, we had a very, very strong sales on today. We also have the champion Unraced to look forward to. We have the 725 TP Week coming up as well in a number of weeks. It's very, very exciting times, folks. Hard to keep intact with it all. Have a look at Barking Buzz on the Greyhound Racing Ireland website to keep in touch with all of your news as well. And also, all the racing can be found on the Barking Buzz app. If you want to download the app, and keep in touch with all that's going on in the greyhound racing world and watch the races live as they happen. You can do that on the Barking Buzz app. Just download it and you will be able to watch a race in here. So if you want to watch the action for Limerick tonight or Shelburne Park, you are more than welcome to do so. So best of luck to all our local competitors in Shelburne and Limerick. And of course, best well done to our runners last night, especially the McCallum Cup, the highlight of this part of the year with Zoom for the Club of Champions Syndicate in Mortlachie, whose kennel is on fire at the moment. And he looks to continue that train of form tonight in Shelburne and Limerick. Best of luck to all our local greyhounds. Emer Hederman caught up with Robbie Dowlin as they discussed Formula One and, in particular, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Yeah, so there was an attack um, on the capital city of Saudi Arabia yesterday. Uh, in Jeddah and um, it's been kind of marred and it's been a cloud over the, the Grand Prix all weekend so there has been concerns about whether the Grand Prix will go ahead or not but F1 officials and team principals had a meeting yesterday and it is going to go ahead tomorrow with qualifying taking place in just under half an hour at around 5pm and I just I was wondering Eber, what your thoughts were on that do you think it is right that the Grand Prix does go ahead? It's a tough decision um I mean, the kind of the conflict there has been going on for seven years. I mean, today is the seven-year anniversary, so things could be a bit dodgy. But they knew that when they were signing the contract to come here, they knew it was dangerous, and there's been kind of what to do in case of missile attack kind of briefings. But still, the drivers had, they were about four hours meeting last night, and they seemed to have to be convinced to... To race, so they weren't overly happy, but they have decided they will. So I'm sure next week, once everyone is back home, we might hear a bit more of what they're actually thought. Yeah, certainly is it is a very strange and um, peculiar situation for F1 officials mm-hmm. to, to be caught up with. Just, just Emer, I suppose in recent times with a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, in society around the world these days, there's been talk about um, sports and politics crossing, and with Saudi Arabian PIF takeover of Newcastle United Football Club and the Premier League, there's a lot of spotlight has been on Saudi Arabia in recent times with regards to their so-called sport washing. What do you make of that? Do you think F1 is correct in going to Saudi Arabia, or is it just a case of 
you know they had they made up their mind that they are going to go into the Far East as we have seen when they, when they go in with uh, Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Bahrain also. I think it's it's again it's a tough one. Um, them going there brings more of a spotlight. To yeah. Like we we probably wouldn't have really heard about the missile attacks if F one wasn't there. Yeah, that's a that good point. All, yeah, that was the reason that we were hearing about it. So it's it's a bit of them going helps bring issues to light. But then again, on the other side, it is dangerous and it is a bit of sports washing. So it's a very tough line to walk, especially when they had just cancelled uh, everything to do with Russia. Yeah, I, I think that I think the Russia thing has probably really highlighted it to, to everyone how you know sport can really be a, a cause for action and and a lot of things can happen in wider society by using sport and i suppose you just commented on lewis hamilton he was asked a question and he said we need to see more in saudi arabia but again a lot of the stuff seems to be very kind of ambiguous from the drivers and they're rightfully so maybe unwilling to tackle those issues head on and they're kind of scapegoating around it do you think drivers and team principals and teams in general maybe need to really properly delve into this or or is it just a case of that's not their job they're there to race and ultimately it's the powers that be that will decide where they'll be racing well it's definitely the powers that be that will decide but they can bring issues to light like Hamilton has been good about bringing up uh, issues like yeah. last year when they were there initially he was wearing uh, a rainbow coloured helmet and bringing up those issues Yeah, and I think he was talking that he'd been in contact with prisoners on death row in Bahrain or something like that so he's bringing these issues to light and we wouldn't have heard about them otherwise so they do have a role to play but it's not up to them and they I mean they aren't trained in this <laughs> they're racing yeah. drivers so they can only try their best yeah, I think I think most people would be in agreement there that they are kind of there to race and just to maybe put as much of a spotlight on it as they can, but not so much that it uh, kind of overtakes the Grand Prix itself. Speaking of the Grand Prix, Emer, Charles Leclerc, fastest in practice three, heading into this evening's qualifying. He's had a really strong start to the season, obviously won in Bahrain last weekend. Um, is he is he becoming the big the biggest threat to Max Verstappen's world title bid? Yeah, it's looking like it. Um, science. His teammates seem to be having slightly more of an issue with the car, so he can't keep up with them as much. So it is looking at the moment like it's Leclerc and Verstappen out front. Yeah, because it's interesting that you brought up the car, and obviously we'll revert back to Ferrari and Leclerc. It's great to see Ferrari and, and new teams in general maybe being further up the, the leaderboard than they were last year. But just with regards to the car, Toto Wolff actually wrote off um, Mercedes' chances of retaining the Constructor Championship or winning a Drivers' Championship last weekend after the first race in Bahrain was that something that you agreed with because when we spoke to you last weekend you said that they would get the car right but there has been a lot of talk that maybe by the time they get the car right it'll be too late in terms of making a serious title charge do, do you worry for Mercedes? It might be but I mean it's, it's no point writing things off all that does is bring down morale and that's not going to help them fix everything yeah. it's, it's only one race down there's 22 left so we'll have to see so it does look at the moment like Mercedes are in a bit of trouble. Like um, the last race, their their three customer teams were the last three teams to finish the race. So it it's not looking great, but I'm sure they will manage to pull something out of the bag soon enough. Do you think in in hindsight, Emer, I know there's obviously bigger problems than maybe team morale also, but obviously that is a huge concern for Mercedes at the moment. Do you think? 
I maybe they were in their right to do so, but they let the debacle of last season in Abu Dhabi. They let that drag on too much, and it has, as we spoke about last weekend, it's completely lingered into the new season and still being spoken about today. Do you think that dragged on too long, and that they haven't been able to recover from that, both from a mechanics point of view and also from a team morale point of view, as you mentioned? I think a bit. Yeah, they've had eight years of winning so much that they've forgotten how to lose, and they weren't ready for it. But still, they would have been working on these uh, the 2022 regulations for a few years. So I don't think that would have really had too much. Like It would have had an effect on them, but not really on the car build, I wouldn't say. Yeah, and obviously reverting to their biggest rivals last uh, season, Red Bull, they had two, um, two cars, Perez and Verstappen didn't finish last weekend, of course, in dramatic circumstances, mm. so no points on the board to date. Um, they'd obviously be disappointed with that. Is that just a blip in the road and they'll be back um, soon enough, or did, is there bigger problems at Red Bull? No, well, they said it was fuel pressure, so the fuel pump, there was a vacuum in it, so no fuel could get to the engine. Now, that's not a Red Bull thing. The fuel pumps are yeah. provided to the teams. So it might have just been very unlucky. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens to this race. Yeah, and, you know, looking at Verstappen, he was obviously very frustrated, said that what happened last weekend shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of sports, I suppose. It's hard to win, but it's very, very difficult to stay winning um, and to have that hunger. Do, do you think he's desperate almost to maybe prove I know I know he said that he doesn't need to prove himself because he'd done it last season and he did in, in many ways he was top of the stats in all the key indicators but do you think he's desperate to sort of prove himself to the whole world now that he is the undisputed number one in, in Formula One? Yeah I think with the controversy there are so many people that still don't accept that he won so I yeah. think he possibly has a bit of that in his mind but also there were, there were issues with the car I think they steering issues late in the race so it was kind of everything was piling onto him but I I think he'll be able to get over it yeah, just going uh, looking at the other teams outside of, I suppose, what would be considered the big three of Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. Has anyone caught your eye over the last, um, obviously, Bahrain last weekend and, and so far in practice and leading up to qualifying uh, today in Saudi Arabia? Has anyone caught your eye from any particular individual or a team? Uh, Haas obviously made headlines last weekend. Yeah, well, compared to last year, Haas and Alfa Romeo have done amazing work. And yeah. this weekend, Bottas has, has been quite quick as well. So, yeah, Valtteri Bottas is kind of out-qualifying and doing better than his old team, Mercedes. So I imagine that's making him very happy indeed. Yes, <laughs> I would have thought so also. And obviously, his replacement was George Russell. Um, a decent finish last weekend, but not nothing to kind of write home about. Do you think he'll be happy enough with how it's going at Mercedes so far? Obviously, very, very early days in his Mercedes career, but... um. It has been a tough start to life for him, uh, certainly because of the problems with the car. Yeah, certainly not like his uh, one-off replacement for Hamilton in 2020 when he nearly run the race. Yeah. They they looked into their P3 and P4 last week with the Red Bulls not finishing. So luck will be a big factor for them, but that's that's important for championships. It's how you finish on your bad days is what gets you there. So yeah, he, he won't be overly happy with them um, struggling in Mercedes after working so hard in Williams to get there but that's what happens rule changes bring about big changes 
Yeah, and I suppose just for our listeners, maybe Emer, that are kind of passing interest in F one, which a lot of people do now, of course, due to the largely due to the Drive to Survive series on Netflix, it really has cracked down the European and US market big time, like we've never seen before. Um, what are the changes to the car that have led to the struggles for Mercedes and so many other teams too? Because it has been a serious um drop off or raise in standards with certain teams when you're looking across the board compared to the last number of years. Oh yeah, it's it's been a massive change. It's mainly the aerodynamics on the cars. So okay. the cars visually look very different to what they have in the past few years. The front wings are bigger and they're they're less intricate, so there's no little fiddly bits. And instead of uh, all the air kind of being pushed out the back, they're trying to push it under the car to make a ground effect, kind of like they did in the seventies. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's to try and make it that the car behind doesn't get as much disturbed air so they are able to have better performance up close, which should lead to better racing together. Yeah, that, that that's interesting to hear and hopefully we do see that this year. But of course, uh, I don't think it can get too much more dramatic than it did uh, towards the end of last season and that final lap, of course, in Abu Dhabi that will be talked about for years to come. Uh, just for your predictions, obviously, Emer, uh, 15 minutes to qualify in now. Who do you see being on pole tomorrow and who do you see eventually win the race? I suppose Leclerc is the favourite considering his early season form. It's Leclerc and Verstappen. Um, like the commentators during practice, especially during practice three, thought that Verstappen might have a bit more in the tank despite Leclerc having been best in all practices so I have to say it's definitely between those two though now I've said that neither of them will be there just despite me That was great to hear from Emer from Formula Spy. Paul Cummins then joined me for a long chat about the need for the multi-purpose sports facility in Kilkenny Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now I'm joined on the line, man from Top Pro Gym, done amazing things in martial arts for Kilkenny over the years and doing amazing things when it comes to hockey. Mr. Paul Cummins joins me. Paul, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. Thanks for having me, Shane. It's always a pleasure getting to speak to yourself, expose the virtues of, of hockey. We've seen recently now some amazing news that five Kilkenny Storm players and yourself have been picked to represent Ireland at the World Skate Games in Buenos Aires in Argentina later in the year, October, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest with you, Kilkenny Storm make up the bulk of a lot of the teams, both ice and in line, um, which is an amazing feat, to be honest with you, and we're, we're, we're delighted to be, be travelling. Yeah, and just uh, we've we've spoke about it before when you're over in Chicago and stuff, and we see online the amount of effort and work that goes into it, particularly when it comes to travel and traveling for training and stuff. And you've been quite vocal when you've been speaking to us about it, and we can see online uh, in regards to the conditions that the guys who are going to be representing our country happen to train in. Has anything ever changed in regards since the last time we spoke? No, not not really. Um, again, we've we've been given a lot of lip service and a lot of promises. Uh, well, it's been fifteen years now, so it's just the usual. Um, we get commended and 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 congratulated on on our achievements and stuff like that. But we're just still left. We 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 can't invite people to come here and train. We can't do um, camps. We can't do courses. You know, so we're always constantly traveling. We can't play any home games. Like last weekend, Friday we were in Belfast training with the national ice hockey team. Saturday we were in Cork um, playing under 15s um, junior inline and then Sunday we were back up with our under 18s back up to Portadown Northern Ireland again 
the travelling is, is the kids are getting exhausted and it's it's coming to the end of the season now and they're they're very fatigued with the travelling. You know, it was eighteen hours of travelling for five games, well two games, four games and, and a training session. So it it gets a lot, you know. And it's it's tough on everybody. Plus it's very cost extensive as well, I can imagine having to triumph over there. I last time we spoke I don't believe there was much funding coming your way in any in any respect. No, we, we received a couple of grants, but it's equipment grants and stuff like that 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 we receive, and of course you have to pay a certain amount of that. So realistically, we're 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 equipment uh, rich and very very cash poor, with the prices of uh, travel now with with fuel and stuff like that, it's getting tougher and tougher to keep funding these kids and helping them. And you know, if we could play a couple of home games in a facility, maybe you know we could run camps and summer camps. We could fund ourselves. Um, provide a, a fantastic service but not just us all the clubs that are in their situation all the kind of hardcore indoor sports really don't have anywhere to go a lot of them don't exist anymore because I suppose they're not as resilient as the storm is or or as I suppose as take as I am to keep going but um, they, they would all regenerate themselves and it, it would be a massive service to Kenny if we could provide a facility that all clubs like us uh, could play home games and stuff like that it would, it would solve lots of problems to be honest and with the multi-sports facility in itself, like what does that actually entail to be able to have a facility for uh, an ice hockey team? Is it to have an ice rink or is it to have an actual court where you're allowed playing? Because there are other multi-sports facilities in, but due to the nature of your sport being either on with blades or uh, rollerblades or anything like that, or skates, they don't let you train there. So is it looking for an ice rink or is it yeah, looking for... No, no, it's not an ice rink. It's it's an indoor sports court. All 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 halls claim to be multi-purpose sports facilities. Um, I know when I read about the watershed and all the other facilities, they all claim to be, but they're not. They're soft court sports, and that's that's the short and curlies of it. To be honest with you, um, you know they have soft wooden floor, polished floor that they don't want. They have to wear special shoes in. They have glass everywhere, so you can't have a, like a hard object like a a ball or a, what we have as a puck bouncing around the place. Um, a lot of them have plastered walls and, and have pillars on the inside, which are dangerous. So, you know, they're they're not made. They claim to be multi-purpose. And when they say multi-purpose, they're just soft court sports. Whereas the concept that we put forward for for many years now, any sport could be played in it. And um, the, the building itself could be made of glass, and it's still withheld within the boards, the safety boards and nets and stuff like that of the the actual um, rink itself. So it just opens up. You go to most countries. This is what they have. They have a, a sports court floor, not not a wooden uh, a wooden polished floor on the ground that you don't, you can't bring a stick in, or you can't. You have to have a white sole shoes and this kind of stuff. They're done away with, you know, back in the nineties and the early two hundreds, um, early two thousands. But this, it's new. You know, it's it's a new era. We have lots of immigrants. We have lots of kids of immigrants that that come from these countries that are used to these facilities you know it's multicultural now and it's time to open up Kilkenny to all sports not just the big four or five um, and, and leave the rest of us to, to the halls of where we are I heard Malcolm Noonan on the radio the other day talking about we asked the question and he was he was more or less complaining that he had nowhere for um, some of the places some of the things he's involved in and they were saying they were down in the um down in a place down down the canal, and it's a small room, but they could they could easily train in Kansas Hall because there's loads available in there. But they can't because it rains inside as well as outside. You know the the floor is is dangerous, the walls are dangerous because there's pillars, 
there's plenty of, of um, availability in these halls. They're just not suitable for, for the sports that, that we play and many others. And do you think then from the conversations that you've had over the past 15 years then, and you've mentioned the word lip service and stuff like that, do you think that's it, it is feasibly going to happen? Of course you must do, because we know how resilient you would be, especially when it came to your previous excursions in sport with martial arts and stuff. You know that you'll have that passion to kind of pursue something. But have you ever doubted the the levels of actually achieving this because of the times that you've been maybe pushed away or given a bit of lip service. Yeah, there's there's times we thought we're coming close. Um, I've had many uh, meetings with councils, with the actual council themselves, um, and and they've promised stuff. And they've we've had meetings where they were supposed to actually vote, and and somebody put a, a spanner in the works and asked for further private meetings, which never happened. So. Times became close. Lately, they've adapted um, our, our policy and our, our proposal into the International Council's policy. Now, again, I'm not sure what that means. That means they can sit on it or, or whatever it was and, and, and say that they're, they're actively supposed to help and look. Um, so sometimes you, sometimes you feel you've moved 10 steps forward and you're really gaining ground and then, you know, they, they, they ignore you. I know over the last four years, we've received good grants but really, I suppose you've seen yourself, I've started a kind of a campaign on Facebook where I've really pushed our, our situation forward and, and commented on a lot of posts. And, you know, I've got a lot of backlash out of it and I've got a lot of support out of it. But, you know, people are saying this is not the way to do it. But I've done it right for 12 years. You know, we, we've, we've formed a company, we've applied, we've, we've submitted proposals, we've done everything we possibly could that we've been asked to do by the powers and the, and the authorities. But yet, it's still lip service that we're getting and promises, and you know, just wait. And then there's always something. Two years ago, it was the it was the pandemic, and now it's the war, and there's no money. But there's always seems to be money for for everything else. But, but this, um, we were part of the public consultation the last time for the for the Kenny plan for the next seven years, uh, 22, I think, to to, to 27, and we asked a question to the head planner about. You know they're they're going to expand the population to Kenya. I think by ten thousand was the figure, and we were saying, well, what facilities are you going to use for these ten thousand people? Ten thousand people, you know, usually means, you know, if you have five hundred adults, that's usually a thousand kids, and so on and so on. So where do they going to go? Where are they going to? And his answer was uh, school halls and public parks, which I thought was disgraceful. Um, they claim to have a very comprehensive plan. Obviously, they don't. It's all about just housing people and shoving them into places, but have no facilities for them to to socialise or to work with. You know, we're already struggling as it is without the extra ten thousand people. You know, and and kind of reverting back to you saying that you comment on maybe various Facebook posts and stuff, and at Scoreline, you know, we're constantly putting up stuff, and we've seen put up a yeah. post about 150 million pledged to sporting projects across the country. Uh, just from a Kilkenny perspective, we've seen that Evergreen are getting up to 90,000 for AstroTurf pitch. Uh, we see James Stevens, which is my own parish there, getting 52,000 for pitch maintenance equipments. And uh, there's loads of various different clubs receiving money for the likes of AstroTurf pitches or, or uh, floodlights or anything like that. Does that... It, not that you would hold it against the clubs or anything for getting that but 
because there isn't really any minority sports, it all seems to be generally led by GEA and soccer. Uh, there, we do see the tennis club in there, to be fair. Does, was that upset you then in, in, in any way? Or is there a way to no, have it, that? It, Sorry, no, go ahead. no, stuff like that don't really upset me. Look, I have, I have five kids and they, they've played lots of different sports as I have myself. You know, all sporting organisations deserve to get what they get. There, there's no doubt about it. The problem is with a lot, you know, they, they say, well, in the last... In the last um, those of grants, not one minority sport got at and they were saying, oh, maybe they didn't apply. But a lot of the times we can't apply because you have to have a certain amount of money. Um, you know, you have to have 20% or you have 5% or you have... And a lot of these, you have to pay for the equipment and the work's done up front, which, you know, clubs like James Stevens and O'Loughlin's and all those can do it because they all have bars and they have lots of membership. Plus, you have to remember their governing bodies get millions and millions and millions in grants. We don't. The last time the grants went out for, for hockey, um, for our sport, inline hockey and ice hockey, road bowling got more than we did. Um, so, you know, this is how we're regarded because it's, it's uh, I suppose it's considered a foreign sport, but actually it was Irish Health invented it um, in Canada. So, you know, I don't begrudge it, um, mm. but, you know, where did the first pitch come from? Where, you know, there was land donated to certain clubs and stuff like that. We're asking for, this is not for the Kenny Storm, just it's for all um, minority sports, all hardcore sports like those that can have a home, that can play home games, that can hold tournaments, maybe Irish championships and leagues and even world championships that will bring people to Kilkenny. It's, it's heads on pillows, it's bums in seats in restaurants and stuff like that. There is a bigger picture. But again, I don't know, they just seem to, you know, listen, 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 promise, 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 and then just ignore. Yeah, and, we're, and, like, from a soccer uh, perspective, my club... Sorry, from the soccer perspective, my club, Castle Warren Celtic, we're in the same boat. We don't have a home as well, and we experience a lot of those things because we don't have a pitch. We can't apply for this or can't apply for that. So I completely understand where you're coming from. As you said, you don't begrudge anybody else, but it's about propping up people. And we've seen with, say, the basketball in Kilkenny and the Masters tournament that was held and the amount of different counties coming down and, and getting to play that out brought a huge kind of vibe back into uh, basketball and the sport community within Kilkenny so stuff like that really does help it's absolutely yeah absolutely fantastic but you see that that club then was able to use three venues in Kilkenny yeah Um, you know and and, and because it's a soft court sport and it's fantastic and fair play to them we can't we like I said last weekend we were in Belfast Cork and then back up to Portadown in one weekend this weekend we're in Cork tomorrow and we're back up to Portadown and this is what we do we could have these teams travelling down if we had a facility in the Kilkenny we could have championships international championships in in all age groups in all sports we could have that every single weekend no problem and that's just in the sport I do that doesn't include all the other different sports. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, if you build it, they will come, as they say. They yeah. Definitely will. And, and I know there's, there's money out there, and I know there's um, either land or, or a vacant facilities that can be used. We just need the will for it, for, for the, the authorities to do it. And it's, it's the old skate park all over again. It's going to happen. It'll happen in 20 years' time, and then they'll give the same speech as they did when that opened oh, we know it's 15 years too late and it's this and it's that. And it's just history's going to repeat itself again. And, and the generation that did need it are gone. You know? Yeah, I was part of that generation that did need it. And I, I don't skate anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I can attest to that. Um, 
Uh, Paul, moving on then to the other passion, Top Pro. How have you been able to come out? Have you found that there's a lot of people interested in getting flying back fit since all the lockdown and restrictions have have been released? Yes. Yeah, the, the classes have picked up. Um, personal training has picked up. It's it's um, it's it's steady. Um, again, you have it's not back to full like they were before. We we could have that up to thirty and forty in each class. Um, we're probably working at half that, which is still great. Um, uh, but people are still cautious. They're they're you know, and then you're adding, of course, the the costs of everything has gone up now. Yeah. So the first thing to to suffer really is is your classes or your personal training, your gym memberships, all that kind of stuff. People are are kind of holding on to it, waiting to see what happens. And and again, gyms, especially gyms like ours and other martial arts and you know, again, minority sports we are, will probably suffer. Um, but we have a we have a good situation where we are. Um, there's a couple of people in the building. We all help pay the bills, and it, it, it's surviving. If we survive the last two years, I'm sure we'll survive the next one uh, as we go along. But yeah, it, it, things seem to be picking back up and getting back to some kind of normality. And talking about kind of building infrastructure so someone can go on to siege, you know, you've laid the foundations a lot for martial arts within Kilkenny and you can kind of see how there's many different kind of areas and gyms that have propped up. And uh, one of those fighters that have come out is is uh, Miles Price. He's scheduled to fight Anthony Showtime Pettis, a former UFC champion in uh, his PFL debut in April. Uh, would you know Miles well? Would you be quite accustomed to it? Or would MMA, would you watch much MMA in itself? Yeah, Miles actually started in Top Pro many, many years ago and went on to do MMA. Uh, I had a feeling. I didn't it, want to it, put it, myself on the line, but yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's evolution, really. You know, I, I love watching MMA. Um, it's a great achievement for Miles to to um, to step into the cage with someone at, at Anthony's stature. I think he has it all to do, but he has absolutely nothing to lose. So, you know, if he if he loses, he loses to a, an ex-UFC champion if he wins. You know, it's it's um, it, it takes them right up there to the top. So it's it's a good move. It's a tough one. Um, I just hope it goes well for him. You know, um, but yeah, it's it's you see a lot of the clubs around. Um, years ago, we were the only club uh, in Kilkenny, um, uh, full contact wise, and now these clubs are popping up. There are a lot of them are students that that would have came from us and from other places. But that's the evolution of martial arts, especially with the likes of. MMA and, and things like that. It's um, it's an exciting sport. It's again, it's a hardcore sport. Um, years ago, when 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 I started, kickboxing was again shunned upon because it wasn't, you know, you kicked lads and it was a very strange sport. It wasn't karate. It wasn't disciplined. But now it's 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 MMA is taking that kind of and that's evolved onto now. I think bare knuckle boxing is getting massive, which is which is another strange. So all these things are are, are it's a, it's an evolution of of the fight game and. People wanted, so you know, and then it's people off the streets. It's kids learning self-defense, confidence. It's you know a great mindset. It's discipline. So to me, sport is 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 it's everything as a kid. It's not for everybody, but but for me and and a lot of people I surround myself with, it is, and it's it's a it's a way of life, and it's a good way. Yeah, I just think it was nice to kind of put the call back on the evolution of martial arts and how we're able to have and hopefully continue to have such success in these things because once the groundwork is laid and you never know, they, they, that could be echoed as well. It's already somewhat echoed in the representation of Kilkenny Storm players uh, representing Ireland over in Argentina in October. So hopefully if 
this happens yeah. uh, for you that will be able to continue to have success at the local level? Yeah, it, 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 again, like you said, the, the, the more success we have, uh, the more um, attention we get. And, and hopefully it, it all it all comes together and the powers that be can't resist it anymore. Um, we actually have a couple of people going to Germany, to a couple of the seniors, um, myself as a coach and uh, two of the, the senior players going to Germany in May to play in the Development Cup. We, we can't enter World Championships in ice because we don't have an ice rink in this country. It's one of the stipulations. So we play in what's called the Development Cup. We play other countries that are in the same situation. So, you know, we're, we're constantly travelling. And then just after that, our, our under-18s are travelling to Slovakia, um, our national team, which we'll have five or six kids on, on that team. We are constantly going. We are constantly trying to fundraise. We are constantly trying to subsidise travel and stuff like that. So, like I said before, we've all the equipment in the world, but we're, we're cash poor. And really, it just comes down to facilities and and the backing of, of local authorities and stuff. And hopefully, it'll all it'll all come together at some stage. The planets will align, and something will go right for us. Well, Paul, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It's always great getting to speak to yourself. I remember seeing you in the ring holding titles over your head and stuff, so uh, it, it's great getting to chat to you on this level. So thanks very much, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck, and both with Top Pro and, of course, with Kilkenny Storm, and I hope you don't feel that's just lip service as well. It's genuinely genuine. Uh, so best no. of luck with that, and thanks yeah. very much for taking the time, sir. No, I appreciate your support during the years. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Paul Cummins there from Kilkenny Storm and from Top Pro Gym. You can go check them out all online on Facebook. Quite active with Kilkenny Storm. You see what's happening. And of course, if you're interested, get in touch. They're always accommodating those Cumminses. Lots more still to come. And finally, Davy Jones, one of Ireland's strongest men talks all things fitness and my own personal fitness journey with him as we're in week 12 of training with Davy Jones. Yeah, great training, great Sunday. Nice day, nice day to be off, for sure. Were you out training in it at all? I was training there this morning, well, yeah, around 10, 11 o'clock there, yeah. It was, it was lovely. Great yeah. day to be outside training. Uh, that's one of the things that I liked about uh, your gym as well, that you have that area out the back where you can do a bit of kind of different training. You can get out in the sun, you can get your sweat on. Not that you won't be getting it on in the gym, but you have the the different dynamic of it. That's great, yeah. We, we're, we're very lucky that we have the outdoor area out the back and we can bring some equipment outside and we can walk away. It's great, especially this time of year and, and hopefully now for the foreseeable future we'll have good weather and we can do more stuff like that. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. I kind of got into, uh, dabbled, dabbled in a small bit of a strongman type of uh, workout when I was using the log, which was something that uh, was completely foreign to me in the sense that when you're working out, you're generally looking to isolate your muscles. But what I found about this kind of uh, exercise is that you're utilizing everything. You're using your quads, you're using your chest, you're using your core, you're using your shoulders. Is that type of training a very kind of commonplace over in the gym? Yeah, well, it's just that type of training is going to be beneficial to everyone because, yeah. like you just said, we're using multiple muscle groups and... That's it's kind of best bang for your buck, basically, because you're you're using all these muscle groups. You're burning more calories. You're breaking down more muscle tissue. You're using all your joints. It's it's the best way to train, really, when when people are able to train like that, and you're well able to do these type of movements now. So it's it's ideal to get you started on these uh, more advanced movements. Yeah, that's and that's the way kind of 
the trajectory is because you start off um, when we were talking about before from week one to week 12 that's about three months now at this stage but when you're starting off you know it, it, it's high reps but it's low weight and you can see the progression from the actual workouts in itself and people will experience that over say whatever 10 week course or 20 week course whatever they decide to do yeah that's it like you know each week you'll notice a difference in yourself and via be you know whatever you're lifting or your fitness levels or whatever be even you know people see a difference in their clothes how they're fitting you know being fitter or leaner all these things that's the changes we want to see week by week and one week rolling into the other and all these improvements rolling away like and that's the beauty of person training you're going to get the advice and um, you're going to see the results that you want to see yeah, the, funny that you mentioned clothes. I went and bought two new T-shirts there for Paddy's weekend, and I couldn't believe I was fitting into a medium uh, for the first time in a long, long time. So, yeah, and it's that that thing where you're staying at the same weight, but you're you're getting rid of all that kind of fat that you would have built up over the years. Exactly. Yeah, we're reducing body fat, and especially in your scenario, Shane, you're reducing a ton of body fat, and you're starting to build some muscle now. So you're really starting to lean out, like so. To, Big, big um, difference in your physique, but like I said, the, the scales might t- not tell you a whole lot. And um, one of the things as a vegetarian I find quite hard is hitting my targets when it comes to the likes of protein, and it can be such a it's a huge market where you're talking about supplements and different things like that. It's a huge market. How do you know what's right for you and for your workout? I sent you on a link there earlier, going is is this one. A, a good protein for what I'm looking for because other people might be looking for mass gainers and there's about 50,000 different mass gainers that you could have. Other people might be looking for something completely different. Me as a vegetarian, just looking to keep up my protein intake. Uh, how can people decide when when they're making that decision? Yeah, my view on it would be the best um, protein powders would be just the most simplest ones. Just normal whey protein, you know, and you, you mentioned their mass gainers saying mostly they're just full of rubbish, right? They throw yeah. in a lot of trans fats just to bulk up the calories, and people think, oh, I'm going to eat, eat this now, I'm going to get really muscular and this, that, and the other. But you're always better off eat normal food rather than shakes, but the shakes are, are, are very convenient to, to have directly after training, or if you're away, you know what I mean, you can't have a meal, or if you're in work, you can just have a shake instead of having a meal, or whatever it be. Um, but yeah, it's the most simple type type one. Just a normal whey protein, no gimmicks, no as this or as that. Do you know what I mean? And if you want to make a mass one out of it, you could just blend it up with some oats and berries and honey and peanut butter, almond butter, stuff like that. And make your own one, and then everything in it is natural. Like there's no um, hidden sweeteners or flavors or anything like that. You know. Yeah, I was just going to say, the more natural, generally, the better it seems when you're coming into a, a type of diet that's conducive with lifting weights. Exactly, yeah. It's just it's just simple, like, you know, go in and exercise and do what you can and eat try not to eat too much processed food and you know, things will work out for you. It's just I always try to say to people if you know the the less processed stuff is the better it's gonna be for you. You know, there's there's no additives, there's no sweeteners, there's no sugars or anything that to preserve it. And it's gonna be more natural and better for you. Um, we talked there the past few weeks about kind of coming back 
from an injury and train and when when you are injured and when to know what's a good injury or well not a good injury but what what's a good pain in the sense of uh, your muscles being sore and what's an actual bad pain in in the sense that it, it, it's a very serious thing that you were going through um when i mentioned i had the I had the back issue and we deloaded for two weeks and we tried different things out and i appreciated that but coming back now and you're trying to get back to the standard with where you were in terms of the, the weights that you were lifting, say, on a leg press or something like that. Uh, is there this thing called muscle memory? Is that a thing? Because you can't lift what you were lifting if you took two weeks off. So does that come back a bit quicker because you've had built it up over the months before? Exactly, yeah. It's all down to the person experience like do like do someone's lifting there for 10 years and they take a week off it actually probably do them good do you know what I mean like being been lifting what 10, 11 years or whatever it be if I took a week I'll take a few days off before competition I'd feel fresher than ever I'd feel stronger than ever but more with a, with a beginner you know taking two weeks off wouldn't be great you'd have to kind of start rebuilding back up you know so it's, it's all to do with your experience and what kind of level you're at too but at the same time, like you said, you're injured. You know, there's no point pushing hard because you end up hurting yourself more. And in the long, long scheme of things, you're better off just take a few days off, go lighter like we did, and then rebuilding it back up like we are now. Yeah, building it back up with different kind of strongman methods, and that's what I like about training. There, you have someone that's uh, uh, keeping you informed and and giving you the breaking down the mechanics of what working out is. And we've exposed the virtues of having a personal trainer, not even just yourself, just somebody there to keep you accountable of going along the way. And you will notice whatever way you decide to go, even just having a buddy over there with you, you will notice uh, an improvement quite drastically, quite quickly. Exactly, yeah. It's just like there's no time wasted, Shane. You know, you're you're in there and you're you're getting your workout done. You know, there's no time wasted between sets. There's no time wasted in guessing what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. There's no time wasted between what you should be eating or what you shouldn't be eating. It's just you're going straight to a person who's experienced all this. You know, who has the knowledge, who has the education. You know, it's it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. And uh, the likes of the strongman training that we've dabbled in, and I do say dabbled on on the Friday. Should I be expecting more of that now going ahead? And it will. Do people expect that when they're going over there? We've said before that you are a strongman, so sometimes the gym maybe gets unfairly labelled as a strongman gym. Well, while it is open to people that want to do that it's generally 99% just people that are looking to get fit. But from my perspective, or anybody that's interested in getting into strongman, are they to expect that if they were to express an interest, that that's the route that you'd be able to take them in? Yeah, that'd be no problem. Everyone has different interests. Just like you said, most, 90%, 99% of our people come in are looking to lose weight and get fitter. And that's what we do with them. And like, you know, it's, it's people like yourself, you know, I know if we, we, we do it, you, you enjoy doing it. So that's why we do it. Like, you know, and even have a lot of, a lot of the, the, the strongman kind of equipment that have a made lighter so everyone can use it for everyone, everyone in any sort of fitness or strength level it's, it's just good like you, know, you see a lot of rugby teams in the UK and all that now using these kind of pieces of equipment to strengthen their athletes and stuff like that so it's not just strongman that can use it it's just anyone really like you said yourself there, you got a really good work over there the other day and we have the equipment made real light so anyone can use it and uh, when can I expect to start pulling trucks then? We'll get you a truck black soon. Davey, always a pleasure. I'll be seeing you again Tuesday, sir. Thanks very much for taking the time. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Shane.
Thanks, Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness. You can go follow along that blog post on scoreline.ie right now. We're in week 12. He was asking me to send over uh, progress photos, but it was after bank holiday weekend, so I, I didn't end up sending them. <laughs> Maybe in a few weeks' time. We'll see how we go. You can follow that blog post on scoreline.ie. A new one every week. I've been Shane O'Keefe. That's been your Scoreline Extra, number 63, if you believe it. You can join us every weekend live on KCLR from 2 to 6. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, you're sound out. <laughs>